What is my podcast about? A podcast where on a basis of once every two weeks, we talk about various concepts, topics to try to figure out what we want to continue talking about for a podcast. I'm your host this week, Matthew, and I'm joined by the wonderful Peter. Hello! And equally wonderful Keith. I don't know about equally, but we'll find out. We'll fight for the most wonderful at some point today. Yeah, so anyway, By the end of the day, one of the three of us will be the most wonderful. <laughs> that um, might be code word for dead. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, since we're all still alive, how are you doing? Good. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff's happening, uh, gaming-wise anyways. Uh, we recently had some actual gameplay reveal for Halo Infinite, which yes. is looking pretty good. Also, Grapple Hook. Yeah, it looks... Super fun. The game, not necessarily the grappling hook. But the grappling hook also looks pretty fun to play around. guy can do it. Why can't Chief? Yeah, I mean, the grapple hook looks awfully weak for a suit of armor that's about a thousand pounds. Have you seen this man jump? Yes, but that's the man, not a flimsy rope. That might not be flimsy. That might be solid steel. True, true. We've already seen one moment of him pulling himself towards an enemy so that he can punch it real good in the face. Yeah, despite the fact that he could run at about the same speed. (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't need to be fast, just needs to be cool. That's... He's just getting lazy in his old age. Yeah. Although I did like how... He just installed Heelys on the bottom of his shoes. <laughs> I did like how he uh, grappled the plasma battery to throw it at a turret. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Him uh, grappling shit to pull it to him just to throw it somewhere else. And it's looking interesting, too. The concept looks like uh, Chief is kind of going back to his roots where he was lost in space and finds a ring and a remnant of the old Covenant army that wants to fire it off. Yes. And it looks like, I don't know, something happened before wiped out a huge portion of the UNSC. So maybe they already did a small test fire of it. I don't know. Could be. Who knows? We do see in that same trailer that the ring seems to be in a state of partial disrepair. So it's potential that either it's been broken over the years or this might actually just be an entirely new ring that they're trying to build. And it's almost complete. A la the Death Star from... Star Wars. And they gotta swoop in there and blow it up before it's finished, because once they get finished, oh boy, that's bad for humanity. Good thing it's easy to destroy is hitting Womp Rants with a T-90. Yeah, exactly. You just gotta shoot the exhaust port, which sucks in bombs for some reason, because that's how exhaust... We're not talking about Star Wars. (laughs) We're not talking about Star Wars. Uh, In other news, uh, this might only interest me, but uh, they're remaking the Fate Extra games from the PSP as Fate Extra Record. Uh, which looks to be some sort of like open world esque RPG, uh, which looks amazing compared to what it did on the PSP. But you know, I can agree with that. I have touched that game before. I can also agree that that may also only apply to you. That's fair. I have limited experience with the Fate series at best, so yeah, I I'm not particularly a fan of the combat system that that original game had, but I am intrigued. To see how it's going to turn out in the new release coming up. So I've been doing some fun things in my free time in that I realized about a month ago, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield released the first of their DLC expansions. Yeah. Uh, and I realized that yesterday. So <laughs> I've been going through the Pokemon DLC <laughs> since yesterday. I <laughs> enjoying it. It's super fun. I really like how essentially. From what I could tell, they heard the major note that people had about Sword and Shield, which was, my favorite Pokemon isn't in this game. Why isn't my favorite Pokemon in this game? Why didn't you allow me to bring it forth from other games? 
And essentially, they just seem to have been like, fuck it, we'll make the Pokedex bigger. Here's more of your favorite Pokemon. Which is good, because now my favorite Pokemon is in this game. So they at least got my fucking note, and that's what matters most. <laughs> What's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, his name is Zoroark, and he's uh, the okay. pure yeah. dark type. He's badass and clones other Pokemon. He's cool. Yeah, see, I realized I never have to worry about my favorite Pokemon being in the game because Snorlax is a staple of every puzzle in Pokemon. Yeah, there's always a fucking Snorlax in a fucking Pokemon game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a resigned yes. <sighs> yes. Fucking Snorlax. I mean, he Snorlax. finally stood up in what? Pokemon X and Y? Yes. Yeah. And started running in Sun and Moon. Yes. But yeah, isn't he laying back down in Sword and Shield? He becomes an island? Mountain? Right, right, yeah. But also, if you run into him on the overworld, he does run full tilt at you. Right, yep. So he both flies down and runs, still. So yeah, just a terrifying sight. Peak Snorlax. But, uh... so Oh god, his next form is gonna be, uh, fighting, normal fighting type. And he's gonna be on Macho. I can just see it now. Oh yeah, he's gonna, like, do, like, the anime move of, like... A slightly obese character inhaling and then their pecs get real big and you realize that it's actually all muscle that's just weirdly proportioned throughout their body and he's actually the strongest being in all of Earth. Yep. Um, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. I haven't been playing Pokemon, but uh, as you guys may have noticed, I've been playing a lot of No Man's Sky, which may or may not be part of the reason why our originally planned episode had to be delayed. Matt. What? I am terribly sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. This is what we were always going to talk about after the hit we gave on the last episode. <laughs> it was very clear we were going to talk about this. Okay, should we get into what we were going to talk about then? Yeah, of course. I mean, the audience already knows. They figured it out from the last Oh, game. yeah, yeah. We're yeah. talking about Tower of God, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tower of God. A world we're thrust into where we have next to no knowledge of alongside the main character. Bam? Bomb? Bam. Bam. I call him Bomb. I choose to call him Bam because it's a badass. Yes. Bam! I call it Bam because that's what it looks like and in the Japanese dub they don't actually call him Bam. But he wakes up in a hole and he finds, well, this girl finds him, Rachel, and she starts teaching him about things. And then she disappears. Says she's going to climb a tower to see the stars. And he doesn't want her to go. So he chases after her. And opens up the gate to enter the tower himself. Well, to be fair, it's not that he doesn't want her to go. He just doesn't want to be a part. Huh? True. Yeah, he is fine with her going as long as he gets to go with her. But that's not a part of her plan as described to him. And that's not okay with him. Well, to be fair, I don't think she actually gives him a plan. It's just like, sorry, ma'am, I need to go. And then just disappears into light. Yeah, I'm going to go. I don't, I'm not going to bring you with me because I want to go and I don't know you, I guess. Also, not to spoil the end of the season, which we're going to get to later on. The logic of this whole exchange makes very little sense if you actually think about it. But we'll get, We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I mean, at the same time, I don't think she was planning on showing up. Yeah. Yeah, true. But anyway, a little bit on this tower, because uh, it's been a while since I watched the first two episodes, so I can't remember if they went into too much detail on the tower or not back then. They gave a little bit of detail. They essentially gave the detail that you get at the opening intro, which is that whatever you desire, whatever wish you may have, if you manage to climb to the top of the tower, all your dreams will come true. Uh, we also get... 
uh, probably not the first two episodes. It might be a little bit later in the season. We get a bit more detail of like the hierarchy of the tower and different types of people who live there. But yeah, so I did a little bit of reading, and just for my own sake of mind, I found out that each floor of the tower is roughly the size of North America. Mm-hmm. Yep, and as such, there's different cultures on each floor. Higher up has higher status and higher wealth. Yeah. And because of the size of each of these floors, there's cultures and subsects of people who don't even know that they're in a tower. Yeah, the tower is essentially broken up into three sections uh, as well, whereas there's the inner tower, which is what everyone's kind of climbing to kind of reach the top. There's the outer tower, which is where a whole bunch of people live, and they kind of don't interact with the tower on a day-to-day basis, but that's also where people are usually pulled from to kind of yeah. become regulars as they're called to start climbing the tower and start to attain their dreams. Yeah. And then there's the middle tower, which is kind of like a nebulous area between the two, which is connected to the inner tower. So you can access different floors from it, but also the people who live there don't really have rights from what I can understand because some of them just like become test subjects and bullshit, but that's yeah, uh, later that, on. Yeah. The spot between towers is kind of like, like a raw power of the tower as well so it's like kind of like that's where the concept of most of the floor guardians is also their power is usually manifested in that barrier spot between the inner and outer and then but the thing to note is even this odor tower is still considered a part of the tower so even people who grew up in the odor tower have never seen anything outside the tower they just haven't been in the proper climbing portion of yeah. the tower. Which kind of opens up the first mystery of the series is the fact that Bam, he wakes up in a cave underneath the tower. So he's not even in the tower to begin with. I don't know if it's explicitly stated that he's underneath the tower. Yeah, I, I think he's will... in a completely different... Well, it could, be, it could be in a tower. I don't think it's explicitly stated that he's well, under he, the he's tower. In a cavern. Just, he's in a cavern. That's yeah. he's, in a cavern. he's in a cavern. It's outside of the tower. Yeah. yeah, it's proper. It's not the odor tower. It is fully outside of the tower. And he's in some sort of cavern, and he's never seen anything other than cavern. As far as he knows, he's lost his memories. He has no memory of seeing anything other than yes. the cavern, if you want to get real fucking pedantic right now. And I do. Yeah, uh, so, essentially, as we were saying before, Rachel ends up wanting to go and climb the tower because she wants to get to the top and see the stars finally. So there's this uh, chase scene kind of at the beginning of her running and then Bam chasing after. He finally catches up to her and she's like, well, I gotta go. And then she just gets pulled through a door which is on the floor but also the wall. Yeah. There's a lot of light and then he's like, no, I want to go too. And then a few seconds later the door opens up for him. Yeah, and he goes through the door and he's he's presented with the first challenge he has in order to be able to climb Uh, the tower. Tahita, which is kind of like the all-powerful being of the tower. Yeah, Yeah, he's the one who, normally he selects people from the outer tower to become regulars and climb the tower. He's also just kind of the one who decides who gets to climb the tower and who doesn't. Yeah, he's like the first floor guardian and the tower caretaker. But his power actually goes far beyond just the first floor. He has a lot of power because he's also the one who chooses who gets to enter the part of the tower for the climbing. So his power level uh, like puts him like Usually, he's probably the most powerful thing we will see have seen in the series as of season one, and we'll see for some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll eventually see some more powerful beings, but that's gonna be a bit of a ways out. Um, but yeah, we so his first task is to enter what looks like a tank of water, which is just on the other side of like a metal gate, and destroy a black ball 
Which is protected by a white a, eel giant. Yeah, giant, like, white sea serpent type thing. Yeah, that's the word. Sea serpent, not eel. It wasn't in the sea. It was in the... It's like water cage serpent. The water air serpent. So it's not... Well, where? Well, we will find it. So let's, like, stop joking about it. <laughs> it's, it's the magical Shinsui thing. Yeah. All... It flows like water. All, well, it's not just water. It's also all of the air in the tower. Essentially, every non-material in the tower is this. And it either takes on liquid form or gaseous form. Yeah, the, the liquid form is the more raw form of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the more, it's the power that they channel to use magic or to enhance their own abilities and such throughout the tower. Yeah. And the higher up you go in the tower, the more dense it is in the air. Yeah, the best way to kind of put it would be, think of it in other things such as like it would be mana or key or chi or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's just a natural force that people can use to do things. At the same time, as Matt said, where it gets more dense higher up in the tower, it also means it becomes more dangerous because... Unlike normal mana or something like that where it's a source of power, it can also just kind of suffocate you through sheer power kind of crushing in on your body if yeah. you're not adapted to handle it. Yeah, using the water analogy, it's kind of like going deeper and deeper in water. Yeah, You have to slowly customize yourself to it. You can't just drop right down. And that's kind of shown in their third test, kind of. Yeah. Second and a half test. Yeah. Um... We don't get to see what most people's first test is, because everyone else is given a more traditional test. In fact, uh, a princess of jihad, which is a term we'll understand later, but not yeah, right uh, now. Depending on it's jihad, jihad. All so we know is that they're a powerful individual and should be respected and or feared. Yeah, uh, so she just kind of like drop kicks them. Uh, so it's like, she's that anime character. Yeah. Yep. She introduces herself to people by kicking them in the face. It's like, yeah. you're weak, you shouldn't be here, go home, you'll die if you try this. Uh, but here, exactly. take this sword to go to this challenge anyways. <laughs> It's not exactly, like, presented in that way, because she's not, like, shitting on him as she's having this conversation. She's more so just, like, trying to protect him, and just, yeah. like, and you serve a valuable purpose, because at this point, Heaton's already, like, declared Bam to be a, what they call yeah. an irregular. And it's more Yuri talking to Heaton, like, why are you even letting this kid try this? Why is this a test? I think she says, like, people on the 30th floor of the tower can't handle this kind of test yeah. while you're trying to get someone who's trying to enter the tower to do this kind of test. Yeah. Which, uh, considering he's a regular, makes sense because the regulars, when he brings people into the tower, because the difference between a regular and a regular is someone who's entered the tower willingly as someone who's forced themselves. Yeah, an irregular yeah. is someone who opens the door themselves. Yeah, which Bob ends up doing to find Rachel. But, uh, kind of pretty much how it works is regulars, when they're brought in, they're kind of limited because of the fact they're brought in. But an irregular is not something that's quantified by being brought in, and that's why irregulars tend to be notorious for being disturbers of the flow, because they're unregulated in a sense because of the fact that they weren't chosen to come to the tower. So they have a lot of possibility of exceeding what is a normal limit of people that are in the tower. At the same time, we also get kind of a bit of information. One of the characters says, according to legend, that irregulars don't necessarily force the doors open themselves, but are chosen by the tower in times of need of like this is the kind of person that the tower needs right now yeah, so it's your yeah. standard chosen one concept yeah. Yeah. because when we first see the doors appear before bam it certainly does not look like he's forcing the doors open and he has no idea aside from what rachel told him about the tower what the tower is yeah yeah just if you get to the top you get your wish 
So he's kind of fresh into all of this when he gets in. He ends up deciding, it's like, well, I it might be dangerous, but I have to do whatever I can to climb the tower to find Rachel again. Yeah. yeah I'm going to climb the tower as far as I can just to see what I can... Yeah. So uh, Yuri gives him the Black March, uh, which turns out there's a woman inside the sword, and she likes Val more than Yuri. And Yuri gets pissed off. He's like, well, you're not a man. <laughs> yeah, she like full-on fucking falls for Bam. At the same time, like, it doesn't happen immediately, but it happens between this moment and the next time that Yuri sees Bam. She also hardcore falls for Bam as well. Like, she's <laughs> super into him by the next time we see her. But that's also way down the road. <laughs> so, uh, he ends up passing this test. He realizes that the only way to actually do it is to... He has to attack from the inside because he can't attack from the outside. And that was what, apparently, Heaton was trying to test is if Bomb was willing to take risks like that. Yeah, yeah the main test risk. is to see if he was willing to sacrifice his life to achieve the goals he dreams of. Yeah. So he let the serpent eat him so he could cut it up from within. Yeah. Well, cut off its tongue specifically. Well, yeah. So then it spits him back out and then he goes over to break a big black rock and it kind of works except not really and he freaks out and then he wakens the sword lady and breaks the rock. Well, my favorite thing about this too is because normally in this type of like storyline it's usually just the one hit breaks the thing and they draw a factor like he hits it once like well it's not going to just break in one yeah, hit. It was the <laughs> epic build up to it too and then he just swings the sword down. It just cracks. And- cracks and it just bounces off you're like what yeah he's got like this badass hero walk towards the stone he's like yeah this is it takes it and it's just like yeah it wasn't gonna break this single hit you're gonna have to do more than that meanwhile the fish in the background is getting a little pissed off and is coming in for a second swipe and uh that's when he awakens the sword lady yeah and then uh the next challenge is where we start getting uh more of the characters that are in the story that we're gonna see from your on so so it's like he's dropped to a floor it's like there's 200 of you only 100 well, can move on to the next I think it was 399 and they had to narrow it down to 200 i think Big number to lesser yeah. number. Yeah. They, they really, had to cut was, the good number in half. Yeah, it was 399 down to 200, and that's why they had the kind of test 2.5 after they got through. Yeah. Sure. So the, there's the whole thing where it's like you have to just be one of the last people standing. That's specifically how they word it, but people start killing each other. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. You need to whittle the group down to 200, however you feel, and people just start murdering, and bam, sweet baby, bam. He's not about that murder life. He's just about finding Rachel. So he just kind of runs away from everyone and just tries to but stay safe. He draws the attention of arguably one of the best characters in the show because of the sword that he has. Yeah, him and one other character uh, got in the attention of Rock, but Rock decides to go after Bomb specifically with uh, the Black March. But there's this green reptilian-looking girl with a green sword that looks kind of similar. Yes, I do like her, but we don't learn anything about her until a little later. Yeah. Now, the thing I find a bit funny about this is because, uh, obviously, it gets down to 200, and Bomb and a few others go on to the next uh, mission. But the concept that we end up finding out is that you don't have to specifically kill the people to get down to 200, uh, as we find out that there are some loopholes around it. Which makes me wonder, in the grand scheme of, like, the lore going back in Tower, do you think there was ever a moment during this event specifically where the people just sat down and negotiated out who they think should go on to the next group? <laughs> like, no one died that was like, you know... I got this far, but you look pretty tough. I think I'm just going to leave. <laughs> you kind of get the feeling with a lot of tests throughout this tower of the idea of, like, no one has to die for this test to proceed. But they always, like, build the clause of, like, you could kill someone, and if everyone else is dead, then by default you pass. And it's just, like, everyone just keeps defaulting to the, yeah, I'm just going to murder everyone else. And yeah. That's how I'm going to The easiest method is just to kill the person. Yeah. But you also look at the fact that 
the strong people higher up in the tower, they're kind of ruthless. Yeah. yeah. The ones well, we know about. Also, well, it's, we also kind of see that you have to be ruthless to get high in this tower just based yeah. on the concept. And so the strong people down below, they realize this and they're like, oh, we have to be ruthless too. And it essentially turns into a weeding of the weak. Yeah, it's just from the tower's initial conception, nothing about it required murder. And it's just the fact that because it acted as a murder tower for so long, it now has to continue acting in that yeah. way. Otherwise, you won't survive it's the kind murderers of, you find later on. Yeah, it's kind of given everyone that connotation that it has to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, and it's enforced by uh, people of the higher power levels, as we kind of find out, too. Yeah. Uh, but the fun thing about how this test works is it's trying to test your ability to climb the tower through all these challenges. So once the, it's immediately, as soon as it drops down to 200, it's like, okay, no more killing at this point or fighting or anything, but now you have to make two friends. Yeah. Anyone who <laughs> you kill, have to do this in two minutes. Anyone who kills someone from this point onwards will be disqualified from the climbing the tower. <laughs> I know some of you are kill happy right now, yeah. but I'm going to need you to stop. I need you guys and to make friends. And because of that two-minute time limit that they're given... Some of those people had to make friends with the people that they were in the middle of trying to kill. Yeah, yeah. Well, such as uh, Rock, who is there with uh, him and Kun. And then Kun comes to the plan, it's like, well, we need Alligator Man on our team because we're not going to fight anyone. So, so they, we're just going to jump on him. Yeah, they just distract him for the entire two yeah. minutes. And just as the timer's reaching zero, they jump on him. And since they're all touching, they're pulled through. Well, yeah. Kun is essentially just like, I'm going to try and find someone else. Me and Bam, we're cool. We're going to be friends. And Rock's like, I'm going to murder you, turtles. You are my prey. This is how this works. And then Bam comes up with the genius idea of like, sure, let's fight. I'm putting down my sword. And Rock's like, no, that defeats the purpose. And essentially, Bam just whittles down the time until they jump on him at the yeah, last second. Essentially, the, the taming of Rock comes down to the concept of if you stick with Bomb, who draws strong people, you get to fight more strong people. And Bomb gets stronger, so then you can fight him later. Yeah, that's essentially the whole like logic that Bomb talks Rock into. Well, is, Kun. Sorry, yeah, Kun talks him into it. He's just like, you gotta wait for Bomb to get stronger. And once Bomb gets stronger, then it'll actually be fun to fight. And then helps appease him when he gets irritable with chocolate later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another one of the fun moments in this one where they have to make friends is, uh, at this point, there's Pats and Anak. So the green lady and a guy with swords. Yeah. And they're fighting pretty much the whole... Like, they didn't actually kill anyone, if you look at it. They were just kind of fighting each other this whole time. Yeah. had, like, a, sta a standstill. And then they just immediately agree to team up together. <laughs> the best part about this is, during this whole fighting season, uh, fighting scene... A third character, Shibisu, is watching these two powerful warriors fight. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I'm just going to hide until the two, uh, until this time, until we're down to 200. I just got to survive and then I'll figure it out. The best thing about this character is he's wearing a purple tracksuit and he just seems to be some like, high schooler who takes yeah. martial arts. <laughs> he keeps talking uh, about I how he's mastered his killing techniques. His killing yes, techniques. he's mastered Sorry. killing techniques and it's just him being able to punch real good. Anyways, he just talks them into this. And then the two Hots and Anak decide to team up because, yeah, we're powerful fighters. Sure, let's be a team. Chibisu's like, all right, and I'm here too. That makes three. And immediately Hots and Anak ignore him. And they're like, all right, now it's time to go find a third. Let's see what happens. <laughs> He's like, no, we got a third. I'm here. I'm a part of the team. Oh, boy. Yeah, and this is kind of like the last test that doesn't have instructors specifically, I guess, is the best way to put it. Because at this point, uh, we get kind of introduced to the concept of there's people on each floor that kind of lead tests and you need to pass these tests to move on and this is the training floor essentially so there we have a series of teachers who are specifically testing them based on the rules of the tower yeah the, we're introduced to the first one of these uh quote unquote rankers uh as they're called because once someone complete uh finishes climbing the tower they're then ranked against everyone else who's ever finished climbing the tower 
and to determine who's the strongest individual. And once this ranking is complete, they're kind of given more power than all the other people throughout the tower. And so the first of these rankers, Lero Rowe, great fucking name, uh, introduces himself to the group of people who passed the second round. Yep. But guess uh, what? There's yeah. still way too many people. Yeah, a lot, a, almost everyone made groups of three perfectly. And he's like, well, we got to trim this down a bit. And this is probably like one of the best like jokes and hints of what's happening in the story. Yep. And he's like, now I'm going to have to piss you guys, so I need to get through this wave. And he shoots out a she- uh, the wave of the power and makes this wall that they have to get through. And then it goes over, and Bomb's still on the other side of the wall, so he can get pushed back. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm just going to go over to the other side. Like, no, you pass. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, yeah, sorry, I guess it just it didn't hit me. I'll walk to the other side so I can walk through. And Lara's like uh no i mean luck's technically a skill i guess so yeah yeah no you he makes, right he the, makes the wall of power which is essentially just a wall of water and he's like the higher levels of the tower pretty much have this concentration and more up so if you can't withstand this you can't go up yeah so it pushes everyone back even like the strongest people who were fighting before yeah but, bom- but bam's just there like uh what happened yeah the other best part about this is this is immediately after Bam's given the pass for being lucky slash immune to Shinsu as we learn later uh, is we're then introduced to another recurring theme throughout this fucking series which is that rankers are apparently bored as fuck and will make bets about anything to pass the fucking time Yeah, which is what Lero does he's just like alright we got time to kill let's make a bet who do you think will be the first one to pass yeah, the to be fair at this point, Lero's suspecting something about Bomb for being different, so he's actually trying to get information by tricking him into betting information. Yeah, but they both bet for the same person at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Uh, which technically means they tie, so no one should get information. But Lero points out that even just tying with a ranker is impressive enough that he counts it as a win for Bam and gives him all the information yeah, and, he wants. Yeah, uh, out of all, a lot of the rankers we encounter in this, Lero is kind of like... He seems like the most chill. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's like a cool dude. The most down-to-earth and just wants to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, eventually, most of the characters we've uh, mentioned at this point end up passing the test. Uh, there is a pretty funny moment where a guy with a gun is like, oh, this isn't fair, I'm just going to kill the ranker guy. <laughs> and he yeah. walks in and like, do it. Yeah. Do it. Do Try it. <laughs> do it. Scrub Lord, see what you can do. <laughs> but also, one of my... Favorite characters makes his appearance here, too. Well, not his first appearance, but he's just a guy who's asleep. He wakes up, walks through the wall, and just goes back to sleep. Yeah. He is a recurring character who a lot of his arcs, or not his arcs, but a lot of his appearances is him being carried by someone who is currently awake because he sure as fuck isn't. Because <laughs> he's asleep. He's skilled enough to climb the tower, but he's just asleep while everyone yeah. else does the work. Yeah. Uh, and he also passes through this wall perfectly fine. Yes. Yeah. Immediately lays down on the other end. We see kind of a spectrum of people where most people either walk through completely unfazed, like this sleeping guy or the green lizard lady who we've already discussed, Anak. Or there's a whole bunch of other kind of regular Joes who just treat it like a brick wall and cannot make any progress. And then you get the one example of other people somewhere like right on the cusp. And that's with uh, Shibisu and, uh, oh, what was her name? Serena. Serena. Yeah, Serena. Who both, like, acknowledge that they're both, like, normal people, 
and just shoot on each other constantly for it. Like, he's like, oh, I can't push through. And she's like, man, this is why they gotta do tests like this, to keep the chaff like you at. And then she immediately makes no fucking progress yeah, on she it. she turns to just walk through the wall, slams into it, and just stands there. Yeah. Uh, they both manage to push through, and, like, Shibisu tries to make friends with her, and he's like, hey, team, like, struggled and managed to force her way through. And she's like, I'm... Not on a team with a shithead like you. You're way below my level, even though they are empirically on the exact same fucking level. Like, I like to entertain the idea that the only reason they made it past that wall was just so they could get the one up over the other. Yeah. So then we uh, get to the third test, which is essentially a test designed to like prove that you're capable of making decisive decisions and you're not going to get bogged down with dope when the time comes. And that they walk into a room which has ten doors and they have ten minutes to choose the door to walk through. And if they walk through the wrong door, they die. And if they walk through the right door, then they get to continue onwards. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite tests. The only one that beats this is the tag test. Yeah. Uh, Because one of the characters we have with us in our main group, uh, Kun, has... uh, He's really smart. He's the source of most of their strategies going forward. All of the strategies going forward. He is the brain of the team. Yeah. Um, he has some things that are clouding his mind. Some... Some doubts from his past life. Before he started climbing yeah. the tower. And a particular individual in the waiting room for the test is going around giving some people some information that he found out about the test. Seeing... To be fair, he's not giving everyone information. Not true. He he's... specifically gives Kuhn information... To see how Kuhn will react yeah. to the information he's been given. Yeah. So, essentially the test is you have to walk through a door within five minutes. And if you take more than five minutes to walk through it, then all the doors are wrong. But if you walk through any door within five minutes, then all the doors are right. Also, I think this is the one test where they just straight up say, you die. Yeah. <laughs> if you fail, you die. Yeah. There's no, yeah. oh, you don't get to climb out, you're just dead. Yeah. Uh, which might not actually be accurate they might not actually die but it might just be or like they're just drop stating them. that you die in order to like try and build up the tension of this is a vitally important decision you really need to logic the fuck out of this uh, chart. also we get to see a few other people take this test and how it plays out and the best thing is that in the team with anak and hans shibitsu just apparently just cracks the code immediately <laughs> yeah so <laughs> he actually does something yep we see a whole bunch of other characters like fucking rock's solution to it is He's hungry, and he feels in his bones that this is the right door to walk through. Yeah, his so gut tells him that's the door, so he just kicks it open. Yeah. And Coach's like, how did you do... There was a 90% chance we would have fucking died from this. And Rock's like, ah, but we didn't, so that's that. And I was hungry, and I wanted to yeah. leave. Let's go. Where Shibisu points out that there's a clock on the wall, and even though it's a 10-minute test, the clock counts down for five minutes and then stops. He's like, yeah, no, it's a five-minute clock. We have five minutes to make our choice, and then it's over. Like, he logics the shit out of it yeah. perfectly. Also points out that everyone who's gone through ahead of them, they could either hear success within five minutes or failure after five minutes, and there was well, no separation. Yeah, no sound. If they left before the five minutes, yes. they heard nothing. If they stayed in there for five minutes, they, they heard, heard the sounds of failure. Yeah, after five minutes, there was a scream always before the test ended, but anything before that, there was just silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the specific clue that Kuhn was given, which he could have used to immediately solve the puzzle. But he immediately gets bogged down in his head of overthinking the situation yeah. and trying to... Uh, I believe in the comic, there's a little bit more context. We get to this one, too, because obviously we're at the anime. They had to bullet down some things. In the context, is there's a few fake teams that actually go through beforehand who fake failing the test and succeeding yeah. the test. 
because the screams is actually a part of the test and not actually uh, important. To okay. The test. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that part was glazed over in the anime. Yeah, we'll, yeah it we'll was not get, addressed in the anime. Yeah, but. we just get the one guy who comes up and says, hey, I noticed this, you should take a listen to this. But we find out that apparently only this team got this hint. Yeah. We also get a bit of a moment as Coons kind of carrying his fun little satchel, which he's already pulled infinite chocolate bars for Rock from, of the main test uh, director, Hansen Yu, uh, specifically calling out Coons' bag of being... A particularly heavy burden, but then just kind of leaving it at that. And he's like, you got a lot in that bag, but whatever. I don't care enough to punish you for that. Yeah, my, my favorite thing, because uh, I have to point out that I like about this character, too, is the fact that their whole thing is they really like coffee, and they have, like, the whole yep. coffee ceremony thing. Yeah. But they drink exclusively instant, instant coffee. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> my, the best part is when he invites one of the other uh, rankers into his room to, like, talk about what's going on. He's like, here, a cafe mocha. I highly recommend it. And it's just a fucking stick of instant coffee. And he's like, are you fucking serious right now? <laughs> and he, like, he doesn't even have like spoons or anything. He just like pours it and starts stirring it. Stirring it with the packet. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. But yes, uh, just as soon as this team finishes their test uh, and kind of goes through and is now waiting for test number four, we're told that a different group run by a different ranker. Specifically Quant. Specifically Quant, the best ranker. Like, super fucked up the second <laughs> test. Hey, remember that event where there was like the 400 people, 500 people, and 200 down people got through? Uh, <laughs> three people succeeded. Everyone else died. Literally only three people. So the rest of the tests don't make sense anymore because how are you supposed to have them compete against anyone when it's just the three people working together? So they put on a bonus test to kind of combine the two groups. The group of everyone in the first test, and then the group of three from the other test. Yeah, the crown game is actually a really cool concept in this one, uh, where we get to kind of see... This is our first chance to actually see what most of the other characters can actually do. Yeah, we get like a couple clips and fight scenes of like Anok and Hots fighting, as we've talked, but we don't really see their power levels. Whereas in the crown game, we actually get to see the full capacity of different people fighting at their times, and... It's quite impressive, to be honest. We see a lot of very cool powers. We uh, see the sleeping guy actually do something for once. Yeah, which oh, is, by the way, Laro is the name. Yes. Uh, which is, we see him uh, control Shinsu, which is a thing we've only seen rankers do so far. Uh, and then we find out that he's something called a wave controller. And that means he's made a pact with an administrator. Draw words that'll be explained later on, probably. Uh and so he can control Shinsu and uses it to fight in the crown game. Yeah, and uh, at this point, because they passed that test uh, previous, this is a bonus game, so it's not actually a normal thing that happens, but they do explain that uh, at this point they would normally be kind of like doing school training based on their assigned ranks, but before they get there, they're doing this game to pretty much integrate this other team to fix the problem that Quant had with his, but at the same time, whoever wins this game just passes all the tests. They get to start yeah. climbing the tower. Yeah. They're allowed to start climbing the tower. There's no more tests. And because it's a bonus game, if you fail the test, it's no big deal. You can still die. Yeah, you could still die, but, but if you fail and don't die, then you can still continue taking the tests like normal. Yeah. So, fun thing happens while uh, LaRoe starts using his wave controller powers to attack uh, Anok while she's sitting on the throne. They start fighting all out, 
And Black Branch, which Bam is still holding, starts kind of going nuts in his hand and he can't control it anymore. And he's getting a little bit confused. Because if you, if uh, any apt viewers of the show would notice that both uh, Arak's sword and Bam's sword have the same symbol on the hilt. Yes. We find so, out that her sword is actually another of these special uh, 13th month models. Yeah, green April, I believe. Yeah. yeah, Green April and Black March. I wonder what the other ones are named after. Maybe I wonder, what the, 13, I wonder what the 13th is. Though. Yeah, I really want to know what the fucking 13th is. It's like White December and then Red December. <laughs> oh no. Um, so yes. Uh, and Anuk senses Bam's sword freaking the fuck out. And she immediately stops participating in the crown game. It's like, no. I'm taking that from you. That is mine now. You're not allowed to have that fucking sword. That's a princess of Jihad or Zahard or however you want to Now, my it. favorite thing about this, too, is that by doing so, she just eliminated her team from the crown game. Yeah. Yep. She's like, no, fuck the crown game. Fuck everything else. I'm taking your sword. And Bam's like, no. How about we make a bet? Because, you know, bets are all the rage in the tower, apparently. Apparently have really high yeah. luck stat. Yeah. Anak made the bet. Or... Demand the bet. It was either you make the bet and possibly win, or I just kill you and take it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the bet being that if Bam's team manages to win the crown game... She won't take the sword. She won't kill him and take the sword. She'll allow him to keep it for now. Whereas if they lose the crown game, she's taken the fucking sword. It's her sword, and he has to give it to her. And if he doesn't take the bet, then she'll just kill him. Yeah. If she doesn't take the bet... Or, sorry, if he doesn't take the bet... She's just going to murder her. Now, uh, this is a fun part where uh, they go up next with uh, two rounds after this left to survive to try to get, take the throne and go from there. Uh, but the fun thing about this, too, is we end up finding out what the trick to uh, Kun's bag is. Yes. yes. Because he walks up and he gets the crown immediately. And he's, like, making this whole thing about it. And then all of a sudden he throws... He's like, you know what? I'm bored of this. And throws the crown onto them. He's like, you guys fight over it. We'll well, deal with this afterwards. first he puts it into his bag. He doesn't yeah. even put it on his head or Bam's head. Yeah. Well, he goes as if he's going to put it on Bam's head. He's like, ah, fuck it. I'm just going to put it in my bag. You guys fight, and whoever wins will get to have the crown. So they're sitting up by the throne. They're not even sitting on the throne yet. The other groups are in the area about to fight. And then one of the groups proposes, let's make an alliance to get rid of that guy right now. And then we can fight it out all fair and square. But then another team just starts attacking. Yeah, well, that's actually the following round. Yeah. Right, because yeah. this round they just do the trick every throws the crown and they fight over it while they're fighting over it they put the crown on Bomb's head and yes, they win right. that round the best part so Rock is like a little bit annoyed because he didn't get to properly fight they used trickery to win this round Yeah. so next round he's like alright here's the plan me and Kuhn are going to protect Bam because Bam's fucking useless at this point right now yeah. sit on the throne with the crown on your head just sit there quietly and then a couple groups come out and Rock's like yeah I'll take this group Kuhn, you take that group. And Kuhn's like, let's not, though. And he just, like, gets all up on Bam in, like, a super flirtatious way, which I am fully on board with. <laughs> uh, and uh, a good thing to mention that while this whole thing's going on, Bomb noticed someone in another cage across, and he's like, wait, is that Rachel? Could that be Rachel this early in the series? Yeah. Have we already found the final target that Bam's come onto the tower oh, to look for? Who knows? She's wearing a cloak, and she's hiding behind a really big dude. And the and- best character in the series. Yes. And also, every time he says Rachel, she doesn't acknowledge him in the slightest. Uh, so anyways, uh, one group kind of, in this moment when they're trying to agree to gang up on Kuhn so that they can take the crown and win the crown game, uh, immediately doesn't go along with that plan and starts fighting the other two groups. 
they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Chaos we ensues. have a plan. Chaos ensues, and Bam just continues to sit completely fine on the throne. I mean, to be fair, at this point, he's the least skilled fighter on the team. Yeah. At this point, Kuhn, like, lies back and puts his head in fucking Bam's lap, and it's just, like, patiently explaining the fact that inside his bag was not only infinite crowns, but it was also just three fucking people from the second test that he snuck through to this point so that he could have yeah, friends he, when, when he needed uh, them. When they said you have to eliminate people, he saw this up. He's like, I don't need to eliminate people. I can gather allies. Yeah. As long as there's less than 200 people on the tower. And if they're my bag, they're not getting counted yeah. as... So he just floor. found a couple people. like, hey, if you help me out later, I'll get you past this test. Yeah. And they're like, sure, I'm on board. So he sticks them in his bag. Take that how you will. <laughs> Uh, but this also actually now <laughs> if you give me the option now another fun thing that it's never mentioned but it makes a lot of sense when you realize this because for, for a good chunk here kun's been giving the chocolate bars to rock yeah from this bag but we also find out that the things that are created from this bag disappear after a while and rock is constantly hungry for chocolate bars and you have that moment where he was like wait a second he's been feeding him clones of chocolate bars to keep him satiated but he's always running out of chocolate bars because it just disappeared after a couple minutes so he's constantly hungry yep. yeah and presumably they're also disappearing from inside of rock which is why he's constantly hungry yeah he's just consuming food and not actually digesting so it. later on in the series he's just gonna die of starvation right <laughs> although he presumably finds other sources of food at some yeah. point <laughs> he does get separated from Kuhn at one point uh anyways um so then we get to the final round of uh this kind of crown game and this third mysterious or this mysterious team from the other group that's all wearing cloaks and hiding their personalities yeah the team with not rachel big guy and best character in the series yep uh all walk out uh and surprisingly enough they don't seem the least bit interested in winning the crown game they actually set themselves up defending Bam on the throne as well, which is weird. We find out reasons for all three of these. Uh, it's kind of heavily hinted that... I'm just going to say in Dorsey's name because it's in Dorsey and she's the best character yeah. in the series. And, yeah, Dorsey is the best character. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it's very heavily implied that in Dorsey... does not like Anok at all, the green lizard lady who made the bet with Bam. Yeah. So it's... Presumably the entire reason that they're defending Bomb right now, as far as we can tell, is because she just really wants Anok to lose the fucking bet. Well, at this time, too, like, uh, the idea is that these specific swords are only ever held by princesses, and when she has one, everyone's like, well, she's a princess, clearly. And uh, Dorsey's like, the fake princess, constantly, just kind of like calling her out. Yeah, just, calling her princess. An, just calling her an imposter. We still yeah. don't know why, but... She ain't a real princess, as far as Dorsey's concerned. Yeah, and... We end up finding out a few things uh, a bit later on. It's not too far, but we end up finding out that the real Princess Anok is dead, apparently. Yeah, and it's this Anok's mother. And so, let's just get into the full fucking Anok backstory. So, yeah. so Anok's yeah, we always well, finish the crown game first. We're, yeah, finish that out. We gotta leave it on a spoiler. We'll come back to it. Cliffhanger okay, ending. Fine. <laughs> so, the princesses are very strong female individuals who are chosen specifically by Jihad. The king of the tower. Yeah. yeah. And they're given specific power from him in order to become even stronger and help yeah. declare his rule. And Androsi even gives the analogy that the princesses are essentially, I guess, shoes on display, never to be touched, never to be used. Yeah. yeah. And that's because they're all given a portion of the king's power. So this makes them super strong themselves. 
and to avoid that power from being spread throughout the tower... They're not allowed to get into any relationships, not allowed to have any children or yeah, anything. Yeah, exactly. And doing so is very taboo and usually results in the death, which happened to Anok's mother. But Anok survived with the sword and has vowed revenge on the king and all who would rule with him. Yep. So well, the, right now she wants to kill all the princesses of Chon. The specific reason she wants to kill all the princesses is not only was Anok killed, by, or killed for getting in a relationship... She was also killed by the other princesses who she considered like sisters to her. Yeah. So Anok's fucking pissed about that whole situation. So she wants to kill all the other princesses for killing her mother and then also Jihad for creating this entire system where that led to her mother getting killed. Yeah. Which is reasonable. Yeah, I sympathize with her. So anyways, Crown <laughs> Game. <laughs> So the fight goes on for a bit, and then uh, there's this mysterious masked figure in a bodysuit and a staff. Called out for the attire also. Yeah. Who uh, is full-on just ready wrecking. to murder. She's wrecking fucking people. Like, Rock gets up and he's like, I'm gonna fucking take this bitch down. And goes to stab at her, and she's like, nope. Smacks him across the head, jumps over him, does a backflip and some other fun stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, and... Uh, Eventually, she's about to... Goes to attack not Rachel, smacks her on the forehead, yeah. knocks her backwards. Turns out it was Rachel. <laughs> yep. So, bam, springs into action, jumping off the throne to save Forfeits her. the game and the sword. Yeah. Uh, Just like a knock. Red-haired lady's next attack actually hits Bam straight across the back of the head. And then what looks like a bomb explodes yeah. out of him. Well, can't, can't, can't uh, ignore the fact that his skull's pretty much cracked open and his head's bleeding all over the place yeah. now. But, uh, pretty much nobody wins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because... because uh, he, bam, specifically destroys the crown. Explodes with golden energy and just melts the crown completely. Yeah. So, there's, which, so uh, there's no objective of the game anymore, so we can't have a game around no objective. Which, uh, the crown is apparently, like, a very indestructible item at this point, yeah. too. Yeah. So that's a weird thing that happens to bam. Yeah, he's in a coma for a couple days. Yeah, he's just straight up oak cold. Uh, so then, during the time when he's unconscious, we're introduced to the idea of the different roles that characters take on while climbing the tower. Yeah, so there's, uh, fishers. Fish fishermen, which are the close-range fighters. There's the spear bearers. Spear, spear bearers. bearers. The kind of long-range, still forward, forward support fighters, I guess. Yeah, the wave controllers, which are, like, the magic users from what we've seen so far. Scouts. Scouts, which are... Like the kind of ground intel gathering. Yeah. And, and light then bearers. light bearers, which are the kind of distance intel gathering. Yeah. Uh, they usually control something called a lighthouse, which is a type of device that allows them to kind of gather information, hide things within and all that stuff. There are a few other special versions of these classes that show up later in the series, but they're not really important uh, yeah, at this they're, point. They're not addressed at all in... The one season of the anime that we yeah. have. And another thing that sh uh, should be mentioned about this is just because they're assigned to one of these classes now doesn't mean they can't do the other things. It's just the one they're most attuned to doing at that point. But a lot of people actually switch and will change their classification based on what is needed with their current situation. Yeah. Like, Kuhn openly declares himself as a light bearer, not because he's incapable of doing the other things, but just because he likes giving orders to other people. Yeah. And uh, the skills we've seen Kun use up to this point, too, he could easily have filled the fisherman role. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very capable with his knife. Uh, Rock, unsurprisingly, is a spear bearer because he has a spear, and that's 
what he does. Is... But the, the thing I find interesting with Spear Bear too is like their whole test is just target practice. So like they're kind of like the it's... ranged. Yeah, yeah it's so, to so... hit a, a target from far, far away, pretty much out of sight. So essentially, each of the different classes is given individual tests to complete, and then if they can't manage to complete their individual tests in the time given, then they're given the option of pre- uh, performing a group test, essentially. Well, everyone has to perform in the group test, regardless of passing or not. No, no, because... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because those two specifically... Yeah, they yeah. don't because they passed the Rot group test. and Mr. Big Quiet Guy, who got the name Ghost somehow, even though he never speaks, who was with the third group with not Rachel, who was actually Rachel. Who is now pretending to be not, not Rachel. Rachel again. Yes. Gloria Lightfoot or something <laughs> like that. Like Michelle Light. Yeah, Michelle, Michelle Light. Light, that's what it is. Not Rachel to Rachel to not Rachel is in a group with Endorsey, the best character in the entire series, and Ghost, who's just like a big guy who's kind of like the anti-rock in that he's big, has a spear. And he's quiet. And he doesn't talk at all, unlike yeah. Rock. And uh, also, leading up to this, Bomb has a lot more of his luck take effect because, wouldn't you know it, he was unconscious when the training started, which would have been a forfeit, but since he was assigned a wave controller and they're the last training to start, he wakes up just in time. <laughs> Yeah, the, specifically the wave controller teacher happens to be running a few days late. Exactly the amount of time it takes for Bam to wake up. Fun fact. And of course, Laro is starting to uh, suspect some things are going on. Yeah, he's getting a wee bit suspicious of all the happenstance of the realm. Uh, and uh, uh, essentially we end up seeing a lot of the characters practicing in their skills. Uh, Kun just ends up finding out a shitload of information. Now, the reason we get from Rachel, which is uh, pervaded through mainly Kun and Androsi, is that she doesn't want Bomb to know that she's Rachel because, essentially, if Bomb knows she's there, that will stop him from climbing. <clears throat> That's kind of what she says to Kun. It's like, if we're mm-hmm. together, it's not going to be beneficial to either one. We can't be together, so you need to tell him uh, that wasn't me. Yeah, I think um, she declares them each other's weaknesses. Yeah. Like, if they're around each other, she'll be his greatest weakness, and he'd be her greatest weakness. Yeah. So, Kun plays along, but he doesn't trust her. Yeah, he doesn't trust her, so he wants to distance Bam from her anyway. Yeah. And Androsi just kind of doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, she's like, okay, I'll not tell him anything about you, I guess. But if he says anything about you, then I'm not going to be quiet. Yeah, and uh, this is where, kind of like, we get our solid set of like what to expect from the team-wise, because at this point... Hats and uh, Shibitsu uh, as scouts, their uh, mission specifically is you don't get to go any further unless you get 10 names of people that are going to be your friends. Yeah. And the best part about this too is Anok just flat out refuses. The person who's been on their team up to this point is like, no. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be your guys' friend. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bam's immediately like, yeah, fuck it. And like, they come to the room with Bam and Kun and like, try to be like, all right, let's be friends. Just be friends with us. Have lunch. And Kun's like, all right. What can I get out of you guys if I agree to be your friend? And he's the like, samurai immediately start clashing heads. Yeah. And Bam's oh, like, no, fuck it. Let's be friends. Yeah, that'll be yeah, fun. Because Hats is all about honor and like doing the right thing. Whereas Kun's like, I will underhandedly do everything I need to to come out on top for what I need. Yeah. But they end up, uh, Kun ends up due to Bam asking nicely. Because it turns out Bam is uh, Kun's weakness, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, Kun will do whatever Bomb wants. Yeah, if Bomb he's like, oh, let's be their friends and help them. It's like, okay. And they immediately blackmail Androsi into their well, little group. The beautiful thing about this is because we, we see the fisherman training is it's one-on-one fights. And if you knock the person down, you won't die, but you'll get so badly hurt that you probably won't pass. Yeah. So 
uh, and Dorothy's like, oh, okay, it's a simple fight. I'm pretty strong. I'm just going to knock down a few of the weaker guys, call it a day, that's it. And then Anak just beelines it for us, like, what are you doing? We can pass this test so easily, and you're coming after me. Yeah, and then that's when we learn Anak's backstory and why she has it out for yeah. Androsi. And Androsi seems to feel a bit bad about it, too. And, like, kind of, like, pseudo-apologizes, in a sense. Yeah, I think she openly states that the original Anak was actually, like, very nice to her when yeah, she yeah. first became a princess, and... Was one of the few cool princesses that she knew. Yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, they fell. And uh, in order to recover from her injury, she had to use pretty much all of the points she accrued for her test. Yeah. So how do you bribe her into becoming friends with Shibitsu and Hats? Food. Yeah, Free lunch. She can't buy her food anymore. <laughs> the best part is Bear walks in carrying a tray of food and he's like, Hey, I know you're broken up and don't have any money, so I thought I'd bring you some lunch. And she's like, Oh, thank you so much. He's like... But the thing is, you said we're not friends. You said men and women can't be friends because this is how many women are. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel like this is only the kind of thing a friend would do. So I think I can only give you this food if you agree to be friends with us. So you need to put your name down on this piece of paper if you want food. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, motherfucker, all right. <laughs> well, they also put her up by like complimenting her and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, Come on, don't you want to, I would just want to be so much friends with a beautiful princess like yourself so badly yeah. as if you insist. Yeah. At the same time, uh, they managed to convince Anok to be friends with them. Yeah. Yeah. How did they do that one exactly? I can't remember. Uh, it's kind of the similar thing where it's kind of like, oh, here's food if you sign our thing. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they bribed her with the chicken pie because her father was the best Pie baker and pie all baker of in all of the tower. Yeah, and so anyways, they get back, and Chibisu and Hot start talking about how awesome they are, and Kun's like, I literally wrote the fucking script for you, which you said word for word, this is my win, this is not your <laughs> guys' win. <laughs> I won't have you guys stealing this from me. Uh, and uh, with this, again, you said uh, Ghost and uh, Rock pass the test, but they have to file the final test for points. Now, this one... Quant ends up being in charge of it. It's like, well, I fucked up so badly with my whole thing, so I'm gonna, you know, make you relax a bit, Leroux, and I'm just gonna run this test for you. Clearly there's something amok, and Leroux's starting to investigate a bit. Yeah, something's not right about this whole situation. Yeah, so Quant's test is gonna be a game of tag, yeah. where everyone's broken into two teams. That one, uh, the team is, gets to choose one person, which is gonna be their, like, it person. It? They have a, a medallion that they essentially have to escape with. Yeah. Or they can also try to capture the other person's. The, uh, the, uh, oh, what should we call it? The, uh, person running the test, their selected it, which the, happens to be Quant. Yeah. The yeah. ranker running the test is. The yeah. End. And uh, there's a, between the anime and the manga, there are the webtoon, however you want to say it, there is some differences that are very drastic in this. For example, one thing that they specifically address in the comic version, but it's not in the anime, is that. There's a safe zone at the bottom of this pit where the ranker cannot enter at all. Oh, okay. He, like, he physically cannot enter it. So it's a safe zone. Nothing can happen there. So they can spend as much time as they want inside their planning, but it also gives him a chance to easily set up on the outside. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, they do kind of address this, but his power is limited. He can only sense... use one bang of Shisu during this whole situation. Yeah. We're not really explained exactly what a bang is, but it's essentially... A unit of measurement for the magical power that people use throughout the time. Yeah, so essentially he has 
if you want to put it like he has a, a mana cap, they can only cast so much spells within this area. Yeah. Uh, so he's not gaining Sheen's Food through the natural means. He pretty much builds up a stock of it, and that's what he's limited to during this whole fight. Yeah. So how they break up the teams is based on who has the best scores and who has the worst scores. Yeah, there's the team of the champs and the team of the chumps, yeah. as so, I choose to call them. Because of this, Kuna Bomb end on different teams. Yeah. Yep. And it's pretty well established that whatever team loses this match, probably everyone will fail. It's not quite that. It's that everyone on the good team has enough points that if they win, the bad team cannot possibly yeah. catch yeah. up. Yeah, and some of... If the good team loses, then some of the not-so-good scoring people won't pass through. They have they have to win the test in order to succeed yeah. and get more points for most of them to pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if the good team wins or the bad team loses, there's no chance of anyone on the bad team passing if either one of those conditions happens. Whereas if the ba- uh, bad team wins and the good team loses, then it kind of comes down to those finicky points mm-hmm. in between and some of the good people win and some of the bad people win. Now, one of the things I find interesting about this is the fact that also Anak and Androsi end up on different teams. Because I would think they would be similar, but Anak's the one on the like team that's doing really good points-wise and Androsi's also- just losing. <laughs> Androsi used up all of her points to get oh, healed yeah, up. True. So, uh, she didn't have any points going into this test that's anymore. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Anok, she, we uh, learned that she learned uh, enhancing abilities with the magic, the Shinsu? Shin what is it? Uh, I think it's Shinsui. Shinsui, whatever it is. I don't know how the fuck it's pronounced. Yeah. Uh, but she, she learned enhancing, so I guess her injuries weren't as severe, so she still had enough points. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, essentially, everyone ends up agreeing that Kun, being the smartest man in the room, should be their strategist. Yeah, he comes up with the entire plan, he tells everyone exactly what to do, which really fucking pisses Quant off towards the end, because he begins to recognize that some people are working real hard to win, and other people seem to be doing as much as fucking possible to sabotage now, the entire team. There's a, there's a part here that I'm a little upset got cut out of the anime, uh, which is the spear bearers end up forming an alliance in this mission uh, for Team A, where they're like, it doesn't matter if we win this game, we just need to show the world that spear bearers rule, and Hans is walking around with them, and Hans ends up actually fighting Quant one-on-one, yeah. which is a pretty cool fight, hmm. and Quant, uh, Quant's like, oh, I'm just going to defeat these guys easily, move on to my thing, because Anak is their person to declare it, and he's is running to the exit right now. Yeah. Yeah. Hot Hans, realizing he can't win, actually lets Quant hit him with an attack yeah. and grabs him. It's like, I might not be able to beat you, but I can sure as hell hold you in place. And he's like, Spear Bearers now! And, and the Spear Bearers do fucking yeah. nothing! And the Spear Bearers are just running their ass off. And it's the best thing, too, because in the uh, cartoon version, the anime, there's only two of them, but I think in the comic there's about four or five of them. Yeah. But they're running up the stairs. And he looks he's like, you know what? This plan of yours, it's... And the guy's like, what? Amazing! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Quant actually, this pisses Quant off very badly, and he actively hunts down the spear bears and eliminates them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, another thing about, because really the tag game at this point is what has the most drastic differences. Yeah. In the tag game, Quant feels a lot more menacing and threatening in the comic version, I find. Because it's very much hinted with the fact, like, people will die. Quant is like, I- I'm going to hide and hold back as best I can, but I might kill you. And that's something you have to realize going into this game. Like, Quant makes if it very clear. If you do not protect yourself, I will fuck you up. Yeah, so he's a lot more menacing, whereas this one, he seems a little goofy. Mm. I uh, kind of prefer the goofy Quant, yeah, though. The goofy Quant's great, but, like, the, the, the gravitas of this event seems a little lackluster in the anime yeah. compared to the comic. 
So anyways, uh, they get towards the end of the scenario. Uh, at least Team A does. And it looks like Quant might just stop them. Then he gets pushed off a bridge and now their it is free and clear to get away with tons of time to spare. And then we get to the bottom of the pit where Quant is now standing. And Coon's also down there and he's like, hey, how about this? How about I rocket you back up to the top so you can catch her it? Plus, Mr. Loro, who was sleeping there the entire time. Yeah, because when they're running to the exit, it's like, oh, okay, we're ready for the fight. Where's Loro? He's like, oh, he's still back in the safe zone. Like, what? It's like, yeah. And it shows back, he's just sleeping on yeah. the ground. Yeah. We find out this was part of his bomb, uh, not bomb, Coon's plan. Yeah, because, because his explanation, though, was because he already had enough points to pass, so he'd pass anyway. Yeah, regardless so, of what team wins, Loro is already guaranteed to win yeah. by points. So yeah, because he has. has by far the most points yeah, for a has, wave controller. So he has no motivation to yeah. assist the team because he'll pass anyway. So Kun took that into account and was like, yeah, I'll just let him sleep there. Now, yeah. on top of this, uh, he has enough points. When, so essentially he's guaranteed a spot based on being a wave controller. Uh, essentially how this works is after this game, it's the I think it's the top three of each I, position. I think it depends on the position. It depends so. on the position. I think it's the top two wave controllers. And I think it's like the top four. Uh, no, it's definitely more than two wave controllers. Because there's a few um, more wave controllers to get through. Might have been three then. Uh, and then I believe it's... Who was the other wave controller? I can only think of uh, It's the girl with the jar. The girl, right, the girl with the jar that uh, controls the fish. Fish. Right. Because in the crown game, there was also that one that had the wand. Yeah. I remember now. I completely forgot that she didn't just start appearing later. In the yeah, story. I believe it's two fishermen specifically that give you pass. Yeah, right. Which kind of uh, leads into something that we're going to address in a second here. But uh, essentially, Kuhn, we find out, orchestrated this huge plan to purposely make his team almost win, but then fail, yeah. so he could set up Team B to win. Because uh, when, as I said, he drops down and lets Quant go back up to catch a knock, but he whispers something to him. It's like, "Watch over Ho." Yeah, because Cause Ho, let's jump one. back in time and talk about Ho right now, because Ho's a piece of shit. An- so, another one of the wave casters. Yeah, wave controller. Who, wave controller. Uh, he's, uh, he was on LaRose team originally, and they're all doing training together, but we're seeing that he's kind of struggling, and Bomb, who's had no training whatsoever, is just a natural for this. Yeah. Well, not only is Bomb a natural for this, but LaRose also helps Bomb a little bit, because as we find out, he owes Bomb a favor from earlier on when and Dorsey straight up drooled all over LaRoe's pillow. Actually, I think it was Serena. It might have been Serena. Yeah, it was Serena. Yeah, that's right. Um, straight up drooled all over... Yeah, because she got super fucking drunk. Now I yeah. remember. Drooled all uh, over his pillow, tainting it. Tainting it, which means that LaRoe cannot use it anymore. And Bomb's going to be like, don't worry. He grabs a bag of rice. He's like, use this for now. I'll, I'll fix your pillow. Brand spanking new. I got you. I got you, buddy. <laughs> So Loro's just like, yeah, no, I owe Bam this for fixing my pillow. So I taught him a little bit about wave controlling. Which is just all the more reason for fucking Ho to be a real whore about this whole situation. Yeah, and then Ho ends up getting some mysterious letters. Yeah, commenting about how Bam's whole reason for being in this tower is Rachel. And if Rachel were to drop out of climbing, Bam would drop out of climbing as well. Yeah, so. That's a weird situation hmm. for Bam to be in. Team B is getting ready, and uh, they end up deciding that Androsi is going to be their it person, and Androsi ends up coming up with all the plans for this team. Yes. Uh, we also, jumping back a little bit, 
the rankers are sitting in the room like spectating this first match with Team A. Yeah. And they're getting real confused as to why Kuhn is sabotaging his own team. And then fucking Laro Rowe pulls out a piece of paper and he's like, yeah, that's, that's not his, his team. That's not his team. And he pulls out the list of like all the friends that yeah. Shinzo and Hots got to sh- sign yeah. a paper. He's like, this is his fucking team. Yeah, that's where like one of the cool moments in, in this point because at this time, because I want to address something that's kind of been like an overarching plot going on so far is almost everyone has been saying, hey, Bomb, watch out for that Kun guy. Don't trust him. Yeah. He's a very suspicious, like, don't trust him at all. So it's constantly setting up that Kun is using Bomb for something. And then you see that Kun, like, sabotages a whole group of people yeah. for the people on this list. And it's like, okay, uh, Kun's a pretty good guy. Yeah, that's the first hint that Kun is actually, like, a pretty legit person. Yeah. And then going forward, as we get into further seasons of the show, Kun's just going to get constantly reinforced. No, he's the fucking best. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, pretty quickly, uh, the main administrator for the tests, the coffee McGee, I like to call them, yep. <laughs> instant coffee a magician or something, but essentially has already figured out Kuhn is not playing our game. He's playing to make these people win. Yeah. So uh, anyways, we get back to Team B. Quant is pissed. <laughs> yeah, because... Quant, team- Quant realizes he won, but he didn't really win. Yeah. yeah. Kuhn won, then Quant won. <laughs> And, and he was also told that something is amiss yeah, don't, in don't, his test. Don't trust Ho. Uh, essentially, it was the whole process. So they all split off into their different teams. Uh, Androsi took all of the fishermen and bomb to the exit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, we're all going to go up there together as fishermen. If we all split off uh, in different directions, he won't know which one of us is it. This is how we're going to get through. And they're all like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And the moment they start walking past Androsi, she's like, no, I'm going to kill you all now to whittle down the numbers of fishermen I have to compete against turns back towards Bomb and she's like this is what it takes to climb the tower you gotta be willing to cut off the chaff in order to save the leg is that yeah but now this is another part where this was a change they made in the uh, anime comic that I wasn't a big fan of because it's again Androsi is my favorite character hands down in this series even beyond this yeah and this uh, scene in the comic, I feel like, really did a good job of showing her character motivation. Because what she ends up doing in this point in the comic is she stops, draws a circle, and then says, Now if anyone leaves this, I'll kill you. And then everyone's like, ah, you're so funny. And Drew's like, no, I'm serious. And then she starts whooping their ass and it's like, now forfeit and leave and you get to live. If you try to run from me or stay in this, I will kill you. Yeah. And then it gets revealed that she's doing this specifically because... Only two uh, fishermen get through, and she wants to make sure a knack gets through. Yeah. So she wants to limit all the other fishermen, so it's her and a knack can get through, because she wants to climb the tower with her. She finally has a goal aside from just being great like she is, I guess. Well, yeah, because... She also wants to make a point of, bum, this is what you have to do to climb the tower, and if you go after Rachel, you are going to have to deal with this. This is not something you can just ignore. Yeah. We do get a little bit of that moment in the anime, where she uses her sword to draw a line in the ground, and she's like, anyone who crosses this line... I am going to kill. Yeah. And we see one person laugh it off. She fucks him the fuck up. Yeah. And then that's when she turns to Bomb and she's like, now you have to make your choices. So anyways, Bomb is like, I gotta go check on Rachel because I've now been told my calling in life. And so he runs back downstairs to see what's up with Rachel and finds Ho with a knife to her back. And he's like, ooh, this is not good. Yeah. Meanwhile, Quant, who has just taken all of the spear bearers, and discovered all of the unconscious fishermen. It's just like, 
motherfucker, I guess I'm going to listen to what Coon says and go back downstairs and see what the fuck's up with yeah, And he's even more pissed because this team is just full of traitors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was one thing quite, it's fucking traitors. Yeah. And, and uh, my favorite thing I saw online when people were watching this is like, turns out the B&B team was for betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> so this is another one of the big changes in this game is when Ho does this betrayal thing, it's actually at the safe zone boundary. So that's why in the comic, it's such a big deal because Quant actually physically can't save Rachel. Okay. And at this time, the Spear Bearers also are still alive and they took prisoners of themselves. The, themselves. So they have prisoners on their team and it's like, if you, Quants, don't give up, we'll kill our prisoners. So Quant's stuck in a spot where the Spear Bearers have their prisoners and Rachel's there and he could save both of them hypothetically, but if he goes for the Spear Bearers, then Rachel dies. If he goes for Rachel, he can't get to Rachel because mm-hmm. she's in the safe zone and then Bomb shows up. And that's where he's like, okay, I need Bomb to go stop Ho. So he does that trick thing that he does in the anime as well. Yeah, like he reverse flow control. Yeah, and uh, just freezes him up. Freezes him, he can't move. And then he's like, so they, they are fake fighting at this point. He does this too. And he's like, now yeah. I need you to run at her and hit Ho with that. And I'm going to go save those spearbirds because I get them. And then as he's running for it, we get a little monologue of Quan's like, I don't think he can actually do this, but I gave him the confidence to think he could do that. And he should at least keep Ho busy enough so that I can save these guys. Well, Rachel can be saved later. And then he goes and he's just beating up the shit of the spear bearers. He looks back and uh, Bam has perfectly mimicked the move. And he's just dumbfounded. He's like, he did it on his first try. That's a move only rankers do. Yeah. So that's, so that's our, why it's a lot more intense in the comic because there's limits on top of the limits Quant already has. Instead yeah. of Quant just like, fuck it, I don't have to deal with this anymore and just leaves. So this is also the first instance we get to see of Bam's ridiculous learning power, which is... He can learn any fucking move that anyone in the tower can use, so long as they use it on him first. Yeah. If he gets hit by an attack, you damn well better be prepared for him to pull that back out and use it right the fuck on you later on in that I, same I, fight. I, 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 I want to mention about Quant is, during this hostage situation, Quant does give the best line that brings the whole hostage situation to a standstill for a moment, where the Spear is like, we're going to kill them, and uh, Ho's like, I'm going to kill her, and then Quant's like, if anyone dies in this room, I'm killing everybody here. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like, oh yeah, you can kill a hostage, but I'm killing everyone if anyone dies. You think they're your hostages. What you don't understand is you're my hostages right now. The only person who's safe is Ho, because he's out of my reach. So anyways, uh, the hostage situation is resolved, and Quant, fuming fucking mad, is just like, god damn it. I guess B-team wins, because Endorsey's clearly made it out by this point. Dorsey's not having any of that. She wants to prove she's better than fucking Quant yeah. of her own fucking Yeah, volition. so she comes to fight a mano a mano. Uh, in both versions, it's kind of a fight with her and Bomb, to a degree. Uh, now, in the anime, she just kind of tricks Quant. Yeah. But yeah. In, in the comic, she actually has to beat Quant, which uh, it kind of gives her a bit more strength. Now, in this version, it kind of makes Quant look like a complete idiot. And he actually looks makes Rankers look pretty weak. Compared to the comic version. Hmm. So, it, you, you saw the Yeah, I, I've seen that. the fight where Bomb is freezing him with that new wave technique. Rankers are a lot stronger than they cut appear from that fight we got with Quant. Yeah, Rankers are much more of a force to be reckoned with in the uh, comic. Yeah, it took him, Drossi, uh, uh, and Bomb using almost everything they had to just steal something off of him. Ooh. 
They didn't even beat him. They like they just managed to because she, she still uses a trick to do it mm. where he thinks he's grabbing hers and she grabs his and then it's kind of like you know when they cut through the person it's like oh she's the sword they fall over it was pretty much that but with buttons yeah <laughs> where it's like hi I got yours and then he looks at it it's like what and then she sees yeah she has both still a good scene though oh yeah it definitely is but that ends with B team or betrayal yeah. team as they should be called yeah also can't forget when... that the whole thing ended with. Uh... Ho dying and Ho accidentally stabbing. Yeah, he stabbed Rachel in the back. I, yep. I don't know if you can call it an accident no. when he was specifically holding a knife against her spine, <laughs> no, he, saying, he, I'm going to kill he her. He was holding it to her throat. <laughs> and it's fair. He was holding it to her throat and he accidentally stabs her in the spine instead of slitting oh, her throat. Yeah, I suppose. I just I feel weird saying he accidentally stabbed the person who his whole only intention in this entire situation was to murder. Yeah, but she ends up. Uh, Stabbed through the spine, ghost disappears, and Ho, realizing the error of his ways, just stabs himself. Yep. And dies. Uh, so we have the one casualty of this whole event. Yep. And despite how big of a dick he was, Bam decides to hold a funeral in his honor. Also, Quant has no luck doing these tests. He just... People die constantly yeah. when he's running tests. <laughs> he's not a great test uh, administrator, I'm going to go with as the word. Also, uh, uh, just uh, playing up Quant a bit more, there's a few really good lines from Quant, too. One of the ones is, because Quant's a scout, and they tried to ambush him. He's like, now I see what you're thinking. I'm a scout, so I'm clear I'm not that strong, so you got to ambush me. But you see, the thing about scouts when you get higher in the tower is, they're normally outnumbered because they're the ones that go ahead and get information. So scouts actually have to be really strong, and then immediately drops the whole team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the also the moment early on where he gets brought into a trap, and he's like, oh, I see what's going on. You... Thought you would trap me here. You don't realize that you actually walked right into my trap by trying to trap me. Like, this is not working out the way you want it to work out. So, yeah. yeah Everyone but, passes that wanted to pass, and the people we didn't want to pass didn't pass. Yep. So Ra- then Rachel's the... in a wheelchair now because apparently she can't walk anymore. Because Cause she got paralyzed because yeah. her spine got stabbed, obviously. So, this is where the last... Uh, Test is essentially going to happen before they can climb. But then, all of a sudden, it's like, well, Rachel fails because she can't participate in the test because she's in a wheelchair. Yeah, you need to... She'll never walk again. Yeah. Uh, To which Kuhn responds, hey, I want to invoke the test of the administrator in order to give Rachel the right to pass this test because I know how important it is to my good friend, Bam. So, essentially, there's two tests on every floor, if you want to think about it. There's the tests made by the inhabitants, which are considered easier tests, but you have to do a series of them and you have to get approval to go back to do that. Or Each floor has an administrator, which is kind of the guardian of the floor. And originally, they were the ones who gave the test. You had to pass their test. And they could decide whatever the fuck they wanted for their test. But it was usually more dangerous, and you could possibly die in it. But it was only the one test that you had to do. Yeah. yeah. But uh, things changed, and then it originally became that, uh, as Conan's a funny out, you need to be an irregular to invoke that. Yep, so where you're irregular, you cannot invoke yeah. the administrator test. Yeah, he specifically tries to invoke the administrator test. And Coffee Guy, as we're now calling him, is like, uh, I see you know about administrator tests, but you need to be an irregular to take one, and you, sir, are not a fucking irregular. So I guess we're not taking that test. To which Bam stands up, he's like... To everyone's surprise in the room. He's like, Bam! I'm an irregular. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, fuck. Bam's an irregular. And then Luro starts to put two and two together, and he's like, hmm, things are fishy here. Yeah, because it almost feels like that whole situation was set up to specifically reveal someone was an irregular. Uh, yes, because it's also super suspicious 
that Kuhn even knew about the test of the administrator in the first place. It's almost like someone wanted him to declare yep. the test of the administrator to bring up the concept of irregulars. Now, there's another thing we have to address at this point, and that is Lopa Bioren, which uh, is the guy who was teaching the wave control. And Coffee Guy actually confronts them, and we find out that they're actually an assassin sent by the king. Who their their main reason they're there is specifically a knack. They want to get yeah, rid of the knack. They want uh, well. The main reason is to retrieve the swords. Yeah, but but they end up catching on to something fishy with Bomb, and they decide that, that he's a threat as well. Yeah, and while he's there, may as well deal with the imposter princess also because hey, that's not allowed. And then also there's Bomb. Now, this is probably the first time I've ever been shaken up in any degree in the storyline when fucking his face and arms come out of the mouth of this body like holy shit it's just a suit i assumed that was the body <laughs> a literal wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. yeah and he just summons monsters out of the mouth and i'm like it's, i just don't know how to feel it just my whole world was shaken just, at this moment just disgust no, with this guy, just I didn't know what to feel anymore about anything in this reality. Just my world was different; it would never be the same again. So yes, he decides. So one coffee guy confronts him. He decides I'm going to kill coffee guy to keep my secret, and summons one of the monsters out of his mouth to cut, try and eat coffee guy. To which coffee guy summons a bigger fish, a la Star Wars. We're not talking about Star Wars. <laughs> summons a bigger. Monster. There's always a bigger fish. Yes, summons a bigger monster. To eat his monster. And he's like, why would you fight when we can be friends? I support your plan. I'll help you do what you want to do. I have my own schemes going on right now. Um, So then... They specifically set up uh, that... The the administrator mission is that they need to essentially pass uh, a signed individual through the digestive system of this giant seal creature... And to do so, the teams have to break up to prevent other creatures from feeding on the seals. It is determined that Rachel and Bomb will be the ones who have to do this. Yes, because mm-hmm. Rachel's in a wheelchair and Bomb's the irregular. Yeah. So, so they the need to team, rely on the strength of everyone else yeah. to make them The rest of have to keep them alive. And this is where uh, Lopo decides that I'm going to kill Anak. Because he ends up controlling, <laughs> what's the name of the creature again? The, the bull. bull. The bull. So, Which is like a shark monster, so cool that it's called the bull. And then, essentially, uh, they end up having the fight with the bull. The bull escapes, and then Anak and Dorosi are having, like, we each take five minutes to fight it. Whoever kills it wins. Yeah. Uh, Important to note, neither one of them makes a fucking dent in the bull during this entire five-minute exchange. They end up getting dragged away to fight Lopo Bia Ren, uh, and that also doesn't really work out well for them either. Uh, They kind of get the shit kicked out of them by him as well. Only for Princess Yuri to show up, because she's still looking for the Black Merch. Yeah. And I want to point out that at this point, most of the surviving team that's doing this final test are remnants of B-Team. And at this point, uh, Anak gets beaten all to hell, and then he decides, Lopo decides that, you know what, I'm going to have Endorosi kill you to prove that she's loyal. So you would kill her, and she looks like she's about to kill her, but then turns out B-Team ain't about that betrayal shit anymore, and no. she's like, I'm going to fight with Anak. Yeah. B-Team, no, no, no. betrayal no more. She's, it's B-Team for best friends. She's still about betrayal, but not betraying Anak. She's now about betraying Jahad. It's best friends team now. Yeah. Best friends betray big bad boys. I got there. Ballin'. We landed there, guys. <laughs> Bomb B-Team of betraying the big bad boys. Ballin'. <laughs> 
So yeah, uh, Yuri shows up because she's still trying to figure out where her sword is because Bomb was supposed to give it back to her right after completing that first test. Yeah, uh, but Androsi was using uh, one of them. Uh, actually, uh, I think she, yeah, she yeah. was only using one of them because Anak had the real yeah. one. And then Yuri shows up, it's like, give me back my swords and I'll deal with this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, she takes back the Black March and then she takes the Green April away from uh, Anak and she's like, yeah, you can have this back when you actually come to get it properly. Yeah, when you when you can use it properly. <laughs> when you can actually fucking use it. Yeah. And then Lilha's like, we gotta kill them. And then she starts like, are you threatening me? And he's just like, your life, give it to me. Yeah, he specifically says like, if you don't murder them right now, it's gonna get reported back to the king that you allowed this traitor to escape who has been marked for death. And he's like, Oh, this bitch thinks he can step to me. All right, let's see what happens. I like how like, he shoots at the thing at her, and then there's just blood everywhere. And he's like, oh, I couldn't help myself. I just murdered her. And then Sim's over, and it's like all of his things are dead. She's like, you fucked up. Yep. You think you can kill me, dude? Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, they end up, well, she ends up fighting Lopobia. At the same time, Mr. Ren sends the bull now to kill bomb because that's his other target in this whole situation and bomb does the badass thing of killing the bull that no one else could fucking put from a scratch the on. inside once again yeah it's the key technique he jumps inside of it and uses his waves his shinsu or shinsui or whatever you call it to kill the bull and then he falls back to rachel's arms lands in her arms and then stands on the edge of the platform because he's a cool guy and it's like I did it, and to be honest, I did it because I love you, and don't you feel how much more power there is inside of us right now? I'm literally glowing right now. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, okay, and she just pushes him off the fucking platform. Trash, I mean, Rachel, stands up, pushes him out into the abyss, and he's like, yeah, no, not having this. Yeah, so, uh, that's kind of the ending of that episode, we get the soft music as, like, uh, as Bomb kind of goes unconscious falls, and yeah. falls into the abyss. Then uh, the next episode actually does uh, something interesting where we actually go back and see the whole Rachel's story perspective. through Rachel's perspective. So we find out that she got pulled into the tower and she met the Heaton, and Heaton's like, oh, I wasn't meaning to pull you. Which ends up revealing the quite the interesting thing that he was actually trying to grab Bomb to pull him into the tower, yeah. but Rachel got grabbed instead. Yeah. So Bomb was accidentally becoming an irregular because it grabbed Rachel by mistake. Yeah, yeah. and also... That's the- it so, also ties something in from the first episode where after Bomb passes his first test and uh, uh, Hedon turns to the camera and says, now this is going to be interesting. We see he was now actually talking to Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Like, so essentially Rachel accidentally gets pulled through the gate first. So to go like a step back, it re- leads to this really fun situation where Bomb's a regular who forced open the gate to get into the tower. The whole reason he forced open the gate was to follow after Rachel. The only reason he has to follow after Rachel is because of the fact that she got into the tower. And the only reason she got into the tower is because him forcing open the gate opened a pathway for her to squeeze through just before he went through the gate. So how the fuck did she get in the tower? (laughs) This shouldn't make any goddamn sense. So, but she still shows up before Bomb in time. Well, she does get through first. It's essentially Heaton, when he was opening the gate for Bomb, she ended up coming through by accident. Yeah. So she gets through... He gives her the exact same challenge. He's about to give Bomb, and he's like, but go in there, break that spear. She starts complaining, I'm weak, I can't do this. Why am this, I being forced to do something like this? I just want to see the stars. <laughs> I, 
her entire fucking attitude in this entire goddamn story is it's not fair to expect me to do the same shit as everyone else because I'm weak and pathetic. I deserve special treatment yeah. in order for things to be fair. It's like, that's not how fair works. And Heaton just calls it straight out to her face. Like, you don't want to see the stars. You want to be the star. Yeah. Like, shut up. And so then anyways, he's like, uh, fine, I'll let you climb the tower, but you have to kill Bomb. <laughs> yeah. Puts her in an invisible bubble. She watches Bomb badass through the test. He's like, he's doing that to follow you. I can't imagine why. You're the fucking worst. <laughs> and she's like, you got to give me a way to climb the tower. And he's like, all right, here's your way. Kill that beautiful beautiful baby boy who everyone who meets him will love it's like i will give you the opportunity to climb the tower if you can kill bam so she has to climb the tower in order to kill bam in order to climb the tower now i believe this is a bit of where the difference happens too where in this version he specifically says you have to kill him to climb the tower yeah but i believe in the comic it's worded a bit differently whereas you will never see the top of the tower as long as he's alive that's yeah. kind of what I got from the sense of it. Yeah, yeah it's they not kind that of worded it a little awkwardly there. They worded it a little kind of jankily, but yeah. The implication is that in order to be allowed to fully ascend the tower, she needs to kill Bam before she reaches the top. Yeah, otherwise she will never reach the top, according to what Eden is saying. Uh, in this version, it kind of plays it out more where she's just like told you have to kill him, and she struggles with that. Where in the comic, she even though a lot of people hate Rachel, and she is useless... She actually isn't a complete idiot about what she's doing. She yeah. plans all of her stuff and she uses the fact that she looks and is weak to her advantage with other people. And that's how she's able to get to the point where that's how she ended up with Rosie and all that stuff. Like she used her weakness to manipulate. And she actually just fully makes the choice to kill Bomb because she has the chance that she can take it. Whereas with this version, Heaton telling her, you'll never reach the top with Bomb. It's almost like uh, in the uh, comic, he's saying, yeah, you have to choose. You can reach the top of the tower, but you'll lose Bomb, or you can have Bomb and never reach the top of the tower. Whereas this one's like, you have to kill. <laughs> that, that's your rule. Yeah. So anyways, she gets a little bit annoyed because how is she supposed to climb the tower at all to catch up to kill Bomb when she's still weak and pathetic and thus starts the trend of immensely powerful beings being like, you're right, you are weak and pathetic. Here, have an immensely powerful weapon to make your task infinitely easier. And so that's where Ghost comes from. She's just given Ghost as a bodyguard who will protect her and kill all of her enemies for her. But also... With the added feature of if she is to die one time, Ghost will disappear and resurrect her. Yeah, he'll take the killing blow for her. Which is why she's able to walk after being stabbed in the spine. Because he's the one who took the blow to the spine. We even hear later on that some doctors inspected her during this time. And there was no noticeable damage to her spine. She's perfectly fine. Yeah. I don't know why she can't walk. She just can't walk, I guess. Um, but she successfully killed Bomb, so in her mind, I can now get to the top of the tower. Turns out Bomb's not dead. Well, also, she successfully killed Bomb in her mind by pushing him off of the platform into the giant underwater or underground lake. But also, she like her first experience of the tower was watching Bam breathe easily in a giant underground water source. That's awesome. I don't know yep. why she assumes he's dead after she pushes him off yeah, the platform. I, I don't know. Everyone else assumes he's dead because she tells them, not that she pushed him off the platform, but that he went inside the bull and then the bull blew up and she couldn't see any remains of him. Yeah, that the bull attacked him and then he was gone. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, the team decides that they're going to help Rachel climb the tower and bombs on her. Uh, little Row 
decides to quit because he wants to go find out what's really going on. And then he tells Quant he, f- he quit for him as well, so come with me. <laughs> You're bad at this job anyways, Quant. People keep dying. You're bad at this job. Before I quit, I'm going to fire you. So now you're coming with me, okay? That's right. Is in the comics, that's also played a little bit differently, which is Quant walks into the office right after Lara Rowe quits, and he's like, what just happened? Did Lara Rowe quit? And Haunting Yu is like, yeah... You're fired. He's like, what? He's like, you guys go together like Coke and a burger. I can't separate you guys. You're fired. Go hang out with your friend. And Quant's like, what? <laughs> yeah, so we find out that Quant wasn't actually any part of her, uh, his, sorry, his plans at all. So essentially, his plans fully succeeded. He got rid of anyone who was suspicious, and there's no proof anymore. Because yeah. also, uh, Ren is also just dead, crushed under that cliffside. Yep. But everyone thinks that uh, Bomb is dead at this point, uh, except for a few people. And one of my favorite moments here is when they're getting ready to actually climb the tower. Uh, we have this moment between Kun and Rachel where they're just kind of talking. And he's like, oh, Bomb was a good guy and all that stuff. It's like, I only wish that I met him first. And it gives her just a long look. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's Kun like, fucking knows. He knows. Yeah, Kun like, openly states, like, he fucking worshipped the ground you walked on. I'm pretty sure it's because you were the first person. Like, he openly stated... You were the first person who he met. You were the first light in his life. I really fucking wish I had met him first. And so he didn't have this warped perspective of you, the trash bag human. Yeah. And then uh, we also get the reveal that uh, Leo Rowe ends up finding out that someone manipulated Ho into the situation he did. And then we also find out that the masked woman, uh, Huang Ra, I think is her name. Huoryun is how yeah. I read it. Is uh, Essentially, she was manipulating things. Uh, we, we'll find out later because it's never addressed, but she's what's called a navigator. So navigators mm-hmm. are people that kind of have, it's another classification, and they have strong predictive abilities based on the flow. Yeah, and yeah. our only introduction to navigators before this were the two navigators that were with uh, Princess Yuri. Yeah. Guiding her through the tower to try to get to the trial site to yeah. take her sword back from Bam. Exactly. So, yeah. her and also uh, Mr. Coffee essentially are trying to set up something where they could get a hold of Bam. <clears throat> well, no. Essentially, they want to have control of an irregular while no one else in the tower is aware of an irregular. Yes, yeah, so they had to make it look like he died, so they manipulated Ho with the letters. Uh, which it looked like it was Kun for the longest time who set it up, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. It was actually these two that had set it up. And they wanted to have, essentially, the situation where Bomb could be removed. So they also manipulated Rachel into giving her the opportunity she needed so that they could remove Bomb, making it look like he was dead, having everyone believe he was dead. But then they are able to do what they want with Bomb specifically. And that's kind of what we get at the end, where we see that he is about to start his training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they belong to another organization called FUD, which is in direct competition or uh, a conflict with the king. Oh, FUD. Yep. So, we'll get into more of that later. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up season one. The yeah. training is done, so the rest of it actually is them climbing the tower. Yeah. And I can't wait to start reading about it. <laughs> now that I've finished watching the anime, I have got to be all clear to start reading it. Oh yeah, it's so fucking good. I can't wait until you get later in the story and I can talk about some of the cool shit that fucking goes. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of, like, hyping up powers and stuff. One of the... There, there's a few downsides to the story, I would say. Which one is that characters show up and disappear so goddamn quickly yeah. that, like, having a favorite character in uh, any aspect, there's never a sure shot that that character's gonna be around. Not because they get killed off or anything, but just because they kind of just stop showing up. Yeah, like, each arc, essentially, Bam meets... 
a whole new group of like six strangers who he's never met before. They immediately become his current running group and who are best friends with him. And then later on in the arc, he runs into old people who he was friends with from previous arcs. And he starts working with them as well as the new friends. Yeah, essentially there's a lot of teams we're going to start seeing that are in constant rotation. So it doesn't get boring where it's like the same characters doing the same thing over and like just constantly getting stronger. It actually, I guess it's also an upside to it where we're seeing other characters get introduced that have to go through growth as well to get stronger instead of just the same characters leveling up like Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) Okay. Nice little breath of fresh air as the series goes on. Yep. I do like that. You guys got anything else you want to say with regards to the Tower of God? Yeah, just one little thing and a little, another nod to try to convince you guys to watch Made in Abyss. <laughs> the same person who scored the music for Tower of God also scored the music for Made in Abyss. So if you like the music in one, you're going to love the music in the other. That's fair. All right. No, I think we kind of covered it all. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the rest of the series, yes, but yeah, not right yeah. now. I, would, I have definitely a lot more to talk about about well, the concept yeah, Tower of but, God, but I just don't want because. This is purely for the anime, yeah. and there's people that are probably listening to this that have finished the season, but don't haven't gone further in the comic, so I don't want to end up spoiling yeah. just, you know... I've already this. spoiled the existence of certain tropes, but I've tried not to spoil specific events that happen throughout the series. Yes, I am one of said people. Yes. And don't get me started on the horns. Motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, that was an ugly ogre. He was collecting horns. I wonder what that was about. Not, not, well. not what I was getting at, for sure. Oh. Oh yeah, there's. All right, um, yeah, there's. Don't worry about it. We'll you'll get there. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, well, as is always the rule, if you manage to figure out by the time our podcast goes live, you will get called out in our next podcast. We try to be pretty sincere about that. Yes, and uh, has anyone correctly guessed what this episode was supposed to be on? Because they will also get called out on the next episode when we actually air that episode. Well, both. Uh, there's been no correct Okay. okay. <laughs> they will get called out for all the things they guess correctly, if they guess correctly in time. Uh, so, questions for the audience. Is there anyone worse than Rachel? No. That's, that's my opinion, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, want, I want to hear if anyone in the audience actually likes Rachel. I don't mean in Tower of God. I mean... In any form of fiction, provide me with a character who is more deplorable oh. than fucking Rachel. Well, I wouldn't say, de- like, I definitely could find a little bit more deplorable. I think, just a consensus, I it's hard to, if someone's watched Tower of God, I feel like more people will say they hate Rachel compared to anyone else. And Yeah. Uh, it, it, a fun fact for you guys, this series is about 10 years old now in Korea when it came out, and... In Korea, calling someone a Rachel is like a grave insult for people in our age range. Oh, that's amazing. That's cool. I like that. But a uh, question for you guys and uh, any audience who wishes to answer. Uh, who's your favorite character? I think I already know Keith's favorite character that we've seen thus far in Tower of God. Um, uh, you see, actually, I have specifically five favorite characters, oh. and four of them are in this. Uh, one of them has not shown up yet. Okay. So, uh, I, I like, obviously, uh, Dorsey's my favorite, top one. Anak is another one I really enjoy. Kun, Yuri, and my fe- other favorite character. Hasn't shown up yet. I'm going to give the name, though. Peter will know who it is. Caliban. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's legit. Uh, especially what has most recently happened also in that. the comic. Um, I'm also going to give... I, I'm only going to... I can probably give my top five. Um... 
Because fuck it, why not? So, uh, Urien and Dorsey, obviously. Fucking both of them are great. Um, Kuhn, 110%. Especially just not Kuhn on his own, but the way Kuhn acts, if Bam is the slightest bit involved, all the fucking way. Find someone that looks at you like Kuhn looks at Bam when Bam's looking at Rachel. Uh, she has another name that she goes by later on, but I'm just going to say Kaiser. Uh, okay. Um, to not get into the details of who she gets known as later on. And then White, or yeah, White. Okay. Well, my favorite characters. Three, uh, two of those characters you have no, no idea who no they are. Which White? <laughs> no! <laughs> not even acknowledging that as a question right now because I don't want to fuck with Matt too much. Mm-hmm. And anyway, my favorite characters are Rack, our good old gator who calls everyone a turtle. Yeah. Uh, Anak, because Anak, and uh, Loro, the dude who's always sleeping. Legit. Legit. Yep. Because he's just, just always sleeping and still getting <laughs> by. A man of my, a man of my kind. All right. So, do you guys have any suggestions for things outside Tower of God? Uh, so, if you want to stick in the realm of webtoon things, uh, you motherfucker, you're gonna say what I'm gonna okay, say. Okay, fine, I'll switch it. Uh, if you like climbing towers, might I recommend a game series known as Artnelico? It's a uh, PlayStation Two, and the uh, last one was on PlayStation Three. But it's a series about this world that was destroyed by overuse of magical energies, and now these three towers exist. Uh, uh, and these three separate towers are all controlled by the power of Himnos and a guardian, which is kind of like a godlike being in it. And each game just deals with each of the different towers and problems that you need to solve. One's the tower is slowly shutting down. One is that the tower needs to be replenished. And the other one is that we're going to save the planet. Nice. Interesting. I so, recommend it. to jump in real quick, because Keith almost stole my idea, and I don't want to give Matt even the opportunity to steal my idea, because I don't like thinking up ideas on the spot. <laughs> I'm going to... So, as Keith was saying, if you're a fan of these webtoons... Another fantastic webtoon in kind of the similar vein would be God of High School. It's a fantastic fighting tournament between a whole bunch of high school students to determine who's the strongest high school students. Things happen later on to make the story not at all about that, but I'm not going to get into how the story stops being about that later on. Uh, But it's super good, and it's also just recently started being serialized on Crunchyroll as uh, anime as well. So if you're not into reading webtoons but are a fan of Tower of God, the anime... Check out the anime for God of High School. And to be fair, like, Webtoons has a lot of really good similar comics, so it's a great spot to check out to find out a story similar to it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been meaning to start that one a while ago. But, uh, because I can uh, never remember this whole recommendation section, <laughs> so I can never think of one beforehand. <laughs> Is it going to be made to this again? No, I already kind of recommended that. <laughs> Twice. Twice, and again in this episode. But, um, uh... <laughs> No, just because I don't want to sound completely uncultured, I'm going to recommend the game No Man's Sky, even though it has no relation to this whatsoever. I've just been having a blast recently playing it. Fair. Because the game had its rocky start, but it is so much more now. Alright, so thank you for tuning in to yet another wonderful episode of What Is My Podcast About. Tune back in in another two weeks where we will talk about something that we probably may have already suggested that we would be talking about. Maybe not. I don't know, try... uh, Refer to our episode from two weeks ago to figure out what the hint (laughs) is for this episode.
Yes. <laughs> but as usual, you can find us on any podcast streaming site. We're on YouTube. You can follow us on Instagram. We occasionally post things there. Clues on what our episode will be, perhaps. Yeah, so uh, leave a comment. Write us an email if you want. Subscribe. I don't know. Anything would help. And as always, that was this, I guess. Is that how we always end our episodes? <laughs> I don't that know. That classic <laughs> sign of that was this. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>